This week, diving into some underground railway history around a Niagara-on-the-Lake burial ground. Then, the cemetery fun continues with a ghostly experience at Ruthven in Cayuga. I saw this article and I just had to share it. I've given it a lot of thought. You know, I sat back and thought, okay, this is a piece of history. And I've always like knew that these grounds existed. And when you drive into Niagara-on-the-Lake, I mean, originally I wondered what it was. Because in a town where tourism is so large, you just look over and you see this empty field beside a mini mall and you think, you know, does the mini mall own it? You know, are they eventually going to expand the mini mall? Like, what's the reason for an empty field when everything in that town sells so easily? So I did a little research and I was eventually able to find out. And it was for research for another script that was being written too, that this piece of land is is historic, that it's actually a, a burial ground, a.k.a. cemetery. So as you find into the research of this, you need to know that that region of Niagara-on-the-Lake, that little area around, if you're not familiar, like Mississauga and Mary Street, if you're driving into the town, there's the Tim Hortons there, there's the gas station, but that entire area used to be a village that was set up for escaped slaves. So, I mean, already it has a huge connection to a massive piece of history that, you know, Canada was very closely involved with. A lot of people, if you don't know, like you don't look into that history, you won't even realize the famous Harriet Tubman lived in St. Catharines, Ontario. That's 100% true. There's actually a church where she did uh, the congregations, also she did some of her work in there that has a museum to her. So the Underground Railway was connected to Niagara-on-the-Lake in a very close way. They actually created a small village for escaped slaves. So the area I mentioned, Mississauga and Mary Street, that was the heart of the village. And this empty field is a piece of that it shows where the heart was because it was the location of their cemetery and it was the location of their church so both things existed on the land that's where they would go uh, worship and that's where they would bury their dead so you have that open field and then you have also one of the original escaped slave cottages still exists if you go to i believe it's butler street leads to the Butler Burial Ground. If you drive up, you turn left at the Best Western Butler Inn, and you drive up, and it will be on your right-hand side about a block or so up before you get to Butler's Burial Ground. So you have the, the, the cabin, and you have that field. And other than those two things, at least off the top of my head, other than those two things, I don't think there's anything left of the original village that existed there. So they need they need to hold on to this history because it's so important. I'm surprised, especially in like, you know, with the way things are going today, with the way politics are going, that they haven't already done this. I'm absolutely shocked that they haven't because I look at this, you know, this burial ground and I think, okay, if you 
recreate it, which I'm going to, I'm going to actually read the article in a second. If you recreate it, it would be a, like from a business person's point of view, a massive tourist draw, not just, you know, for Canadians, but for Americans and for international alike, because people know these stories. I mean, the stories around the civil war and the underground railway and the escaped slaves. I mean, they're still making movies today. One was about Harriet Tubman. But tons of movies being made showing that there's still such a fascination with it. So, I mean, there there is just like this, the guy I'm going to talk about here, he has a great idea. I mean, a lot of people, they, they kind of like break it down and say, oh, no, 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 he's just trying to get free money. But no, I, I think he's he's got real good intentions here. And it would be a helpful thing for the city in general, for the for the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake. So that's the history behind it. So you have this open field right beside the mini mall. It was their burial ground, and it was the original location of their church. So here's the news. Some fella comes in. His name is James Russell. He's a filmmaker from the city of Toronto. So he comes in, and he goes along this site, uses ground-penetrating radar, and he's looking for these um, these graves. He's looking for the original headstones. And I didn't even know this. You, you can see, like, two headstones, and I immediately assumed that the rest of the headstones had been destroyed over the years, so they just cleared them out and put them wherever. But he says they're actually under the ground. So the, he says there's 28 burial sites and 19 headstones that are currently buried underground there, making it look like basically an empty field. Now, he's he's a little bit angry about the situation. I can understand why, but he wants the town to come in and do something. I'm I'm 100% for this. Anyway, let me, let me just, I'll, I'll go over the article here, and then you can kind of come to your own uh, thoughts on the matter. So James Russell, he wants about $60,000, and his goal, like he's going to do this. He's going to take it on. His goal is to have the 19 headstones restored. So they're going to unearth the headstones and restore them, which would make it a landmark in my regards. I mean, I I think they should rebuild the church, make it just a whole thing, but that's just me. So Russell said that uh, they were all detected, so he knows that they're there. Uh, This was all done in May of 2022. And he's accusing the Niagara and the Lake employees. This is where it gets a little bit angry. He's accusing them of not maintaining it on purpose. I think his quote was that um, they buried the headstones so that it'd be easier to cut the grass, which I think is is very over the top. But, I mean, keep in mind uh, nowadays with the news that you have to kind of be confrontational. And I think it's an unfortunate thing. I think they should just report this stuff anyway. But the more confrontational that you are, the more the news will spread. It will get beyond just the local newspaper. So he's he's asking for $60,000 to employ it. Uh, so let me just get it. So uh, Mara Miner, the uh, town's community engagement and communications coordinator, is denying Russell's claim that the town staff buried the headstones. So I, I can I actually believe the town in this. I don't think they purposely buried it. Anyway, she says, unfortunately, over time, Headstones can gradually deteriorate as they are constantly being weathered. She continued, It is the town's understanding that when upright headstones deteriorated in the past, 
it may have been a practice to lay them flat, which is 100% true. Uh, this is not the current practice of staff unless done temporarily if a headstone breaks. Uh, continuing on, the town is committed to preserving heritage in Niagara and the Lake. Totally cool. Uh, staff is working with a community group regarding potential next step of the burial grounds. So actually thinking of doing something with it. That's good. So if this guy does anything, this you know this will be uh, good actions on his part. Even if he doesn't do it, that somebody will. So they're going to bring the options to the council for consideration. But it's 100% true. The old stones, if you look at a historic graveyard in Canada, you know that they're like the white thin stone that's actually limestone and it's very soft so i know when they do developments in my own city of hamilton a lot of the gravestones that got pummeled into the ground was because when they're doing surveys and such they have to blast foundations uh, to open up the rock and the vibrations from the blast will destroy the soft limestone so if you don't actually go to a cemetery and protect like you know put supports around the stones they're going to crack they're going to fall they're going to break uh so when they lay them down it's just a way to make sure that they don't snap in half and that's what she's saying here so i do believe that i do agree with that now russell he comes back and contends that even if the town's employees laid down the headstones quote there's no way in hell salty language that the headstones managed to sink a foot and a half deep so then he's got a point, too, because he's right. I mean, they've done some massive surveys directly beside Pioneer Family Cemeteries in Hamilton. And I, I, I used to live in one of those surveys, and I actually used to take my dog to the cemetery because I love cemeteries. That's just me. I'm kind of a freak that way. So I take my dog, and I could see that there was damage, but it wasn't that bad. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get buried. So he's 100% right. I think, I don't know, it's kind of going back and forth here. It's kind of like swaying me a little bit. So it's a well-written article. So he continues, he says, I believe they buried them because it was easier to cut the grass. That's what I said before. That's why the, the burial ground is just one grassy field, because I believe that the town buried the headstones. I'm insisting that they pay for unearthing and restoring them. You know, I, I give it to this guy. I mean, you think about it, I give it to this guy. He's not even from Niagara-on-the-Lake, but he's so dedicated to this history. And I think that's wonderful. I mean, there's people in Niagara-on-the-Lake, I know for a fact, I know I know some of them personally who are just pushing for certain things. I mean, not just this cemetery, but the Butler's Burial Ground, if you don't know what it is, look it up, is in desperate need of being restored. But these things aren't in the tourist area, so they don't immediately get focused on. But I say that this could become a, a tourist attraction on their own. I'll give you a good example. Uh, we used to, it's, it's out of print right now, but we used to sell a book that the only thing the book did was identify gravestones and who was buried there. That's all the book did. Uh, Stone Saints and Sinners, I believe it's called. You can look it up. And that was one of our best-selling books. It was just done by the Historical Society. It just identified graves so you can go around to a graveyard and, and do like your own personal tour. And it was one of our best-sellers. So you can see there's an interest in this stuff. So if you were to bring it back and make it into like a, a nice outdoor museum that you can walk around. And nowadays on gravestones, you actually put QR codes. They do it at the Hamilton Cemetery. 
So you have a QR code that you can scan with your phone and it takes you to a page telling you information about the person who's buried there. This is a wonderful free activity to do. Plus you promote the history of the area. Plus you teach people stuff. I mean, it's a win-win-win. So for that reason, I'm, I'm for it. 100% for it. Uh, so it says Niagara and the Lake staff are currently working with an archaeologist on an assessment. Uh, so they're going to do some comprehensive research on the uh, property. And that's good. I mean, at least it's it's initiated something. I hope the news keeps on them, like pushes them, because I do think this is a wonderful thing for Canadian history. I mean, that's that's a win. That, that would like spike the football, Canada. Well, Niagara and the Lake spike the football. I mean, that was an absolute win. Like during a time when the United States was just in uh, mass insanity when it came to slavery, you know, the fact that, you know, the British, British Canada actually stood up and said, no, uh, our, our slavery was, was outlawed starting in the 1700s. So it's almost 100 years before the Civil War actually even existed. It took place. So we were the land of the free back then, and they would escape to us. So, I mean, that's a win. Spike the football. I mean, have these, 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 these amazing historic areas. They do have a park in Niagara-on-the-Lake that's, that's quite new, that's dedicated to uh, escape slave history. But why didn't they do this? Why didn't they put the park there? I actually don't understand that one at all. There must be some kind of politics behind the scene because that's where it should be. I know it's closer to the tourist area to have the park where they currently have it on Regent Street, but put it there. I mean, the, the actual townspeople, the, the escaped slaves themselves are buried on that ground. So I, I, ho- I really hope they do something with it. So anyway, uh, this is finished off. They said no decision on Russell's request for the 60K. Uh, but Miner, who is the, the contact there uh, for any new initiative, a funding source must be identified and the project must be taken to the town's council. So it looks like they've, they've taken his interest because it, it made news and they're just going to try and run with it. I, I assume I feel bad for James Russell because I think he's going to be cut out of this. I hope they include him. I mean, he's the dude. It is like this is an amazing picture of him. I'll have the article linked in the description of the podcast. But there's an amazing picture of him. He's so happy. And he's got his his um his gear. I guess he's like cutting the grass for them. <laughs> and he was like doing uh doing uh scanning. So uh he's he's all set. I mean, I hope they conclude him because he deserves that. Uh, anyway, he's still continuing, which is good. If anybody's going to hold the town to task, it sounds like James Russell is. Uh, he plans to start a petition in the spring, which I will happily sign if it comes my way, asking Niagara and Lake residents to sign it, forcing the town to pay the 60000 which I don't think is crazy amount. Like, it's a crazy amount for a regular person like, like, like me, but it's not a crazy amount for a town to put that towards something that is great for their future when it comes to the folks who are going to visit it. And like I said, the ideas with the, the QR codes, I would I would happily get involved with that. Um, so yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna sign a petition. Hopefully, it keeps on them, and something comes of this. But we'll see. From a burial ground to a cemetery. I don't know if anybody listening had a chance to go on the Ruthven ghost walks when they were happening. 
I'm not 100% sure if they will come back. I'm hoping in the future. I hope that with all the former tours that for some reason have fallen off to the side and are no longer being done. I mean, the script's there. The experience is ready to go. And, you know, I even have guides who are still trained on it who can come back and do it. So we're waiting. Eventually we'll we'll approach it, hopefully bring something like this back. Ruthven was always an interesting one for me because personally, I mean, it's not the most conveniently located place. So Cayuga is a small town in the area known as Haldeman, uh, not too far from the largest town in Haldeman, which is Caledonia. So it's just down the street. Like You can actually drive along the Grand River, and it would take you right there, and you would pass right by Ruthven. So Ruthven's on just the outside of Cayuga. And it's a wonderful piece of history. I used to say back in the day, if you could lift Ruthven up and move it near a city center, it would be extremely popular. Because here's this area that not only has history as an old town, it was called Indiana, Ontario, which no longer exists. It also had a prominent family who owned it, the Thompsons. Their house still exists. That's the mansion at Ruthven Park. It also has two cemeteries. So you have this small town, you have this history, you have this family. Place looks like a southern plantation. It's on the the banks of the Grand River, which is our version of the Mississippi. Much smaller, but nice all the same. So it's just a really unique place, and I highly recommend you go visit. Definitely go out and support them, do the history tour. It's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. Walk the grounds. You know, when it gets warmer out, it's a nice visit. So we used to do the tour there. We They allowed us in the house. So half the tour was inside the, the house. And then we went along the grounds. We went to the family cemetery. We went to the town cemetery. And it was very unique because we actually got to stand in cemeteries at night, which in our city, in, in Hamilton, is, is not actually legally allowed. Once the sun goes down, you're not allowed to be in the cemetery. This is because of some unfortunate, stupid kids, teens that actually went in and did some terrible vandalism to the Hamilton Cemetery, which is, you know, disgusting. But I, I will give it to one of the teens when uh, it was mentioned, they, they felt so guilty about it, they ratted out all their friends. So I, they, the kids were eventually caught. I don't think much of came in, in the force of punishment because, you know, they were just teenagers. But you know, at least there's some hope that one kid actually came forward and ratted out his friends because he felt so guilty about it. But either way, we end up with a law where you're not allowed to be in the cemeteries at night. I get it. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't need to be in a cemetery at night. I've talked about I don't think there's any ghosts to find there, but that's just that's just me. So we did the tour. We actually got to go into cemeteries legally. And uh, we did uh, the grounds and the house itself. And Ruthven is just such an amazing, unique place. Because the house isn't restored. The house isn't fully renovated yet. It's still set up the way it was when the Thompsons were there. In fact, the Thompson family had been in the Ruthven house, the Thompson family house, up until, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the 1980s. And the last two were David and Drew. And Drew was an actor. I actually just posted this on the Facebook page at The Ghost Walks. And he was always an actor in the Canadian version at the CBC of Howdy Doody. He was one of the characters on there. 
So he's like the famous guy in the family. And he was one of the last guys. And I, I remember just being absolutely obsessed with the kitchen in the house. If you go on the tour, look at the kitchen. It's just this 1970s wonder, you know, like deep teal colored cabinets and <laughs> the cabinets, the counters, everything, the wall, and then the rest of the house. It needs some work for sure, but uh, it's just like frozen in time. And I do appreciate that. So de definitely check it out. So how it's laid out is you have the original town that surrounded it. You have the town cemetery, which is closer to the main road. And then you have the family cemetery, which is on the opposite side of the grounds, uh, located closer to the Grand River. So they actually they, they had a nicer spot, obviously, for the Thompson family than for the, the townsfolk who work in the mills. Uh, but it's it's actually even today, it's much nicer. Although the, the people, the wonderful people at Ruthven, they, they years ago renovated that town cemetery. Because I remember when we first went in there, uh, this is back in, ooh, had to be the early 2000s. And the town cemetery, you couldn't even find it. We walked the path that led to it, and it's just, it was overgrown with trees. Uh, the stones were mixed in with the trees and the bushes. They had been destroyed by the foliage. But today they, they cleaned it all out. They actually fixed up some of the stones. They laid some of the, the broken ones down, like I mentioned in the first segment, to, to protect them. But the town, sorry, the family cemetery, the, the Thompson family in the back, was always maintained. So it seemed like, and this is nothing against Drew and David. David wasn't there very much. And Drew, he had his acting career. I mean, and I don't think they had a lot of money towards the end as well. So I don't expect them to fix up the cemeteries. But they did monitor over their family, which, I mean, you got to understand that. It's it's not the most ideal situation, but you definitely got to understand that. So house in the middle, the town surrounded the house, the mills closer to the water, the town cemetery by the road, and the family cemetery in the back near the river. That's how it's set up. So we knew, I mean, we knew there was an energy about this place. And unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of energy from the, the town cemetery. But the family one was interesting. So I've talked about in previous episodes about the energy leading into the town, into the family cemetery. And uh, the attack that this energy did on one of the guests. But if you actually get to the, the plot itself... There's something in there, too, and this happened to one of our ghost guides. So the Thompson Family Cemetery is set up as such. You have a bunch of gravestones, I believe maybe about four rows, four or five rows, and then you enter into the gate and you have it on both sides. If I were to take a wild guess, I would say maybe 40 gravestones that are all pretty decently maintained from the different generations of the family. So you walk inside, and ahead of you is this beautiful table stone that's kind of eclipsed by this obelisk-type stone. And that's David I, so the very first one who founded Indiana, who built the house, the Thompson Mansion. Uh, his is the obelisk stone. And then the table stone is dedicated to his wife, Sally Ann. So Sally Ann has this beautiful table stone, 
And people say, okay, why a table stone? It actually has a really cool significance to it. They, what they did is that as people, you know, entered the family when David and Sally were still alive, it was Sally Ann as the matriarch of the family. She was the one to invite people into the inner circle. That was her job. I mean, that makes sense. So they wanted to continue that tradition even after she was dead. So what do they do is they create this table stone. So as people come into the family plot, they put their coffin on the table stone and they would have kind of like a funeral around that. And it was symbolic for Sally Ann inviting that person into the family cemetery. So she invited them into the family. She now invites them in the family cemetery after they're dead. It's beautiful. It really is a beautiful tradition. So that's why there's a table stone. So the table stone exists straight ahead. The guide would stand beside the table stone to tell the stories uh, on the back of it beside David the first obelisk stone. So it's kind of like a really great view. And then everybody would stand around it. You'd have the lantern light. I mean, that was actually one of my favorite points of the tour. It was so intimate. It was so unique. It was so quiet. And I enjoyed just standing there. But we didn't really have any stories. We could only tell, okay, this is the family. There's some graves. That's Andrew's graves. That's Bessie, the little girl who haunts the house. She's in there as well. And then people could go around and walk. Now, it was towards the beginning that one of our our tour guides... A young lady, she was inside the family plot. She was standing on the other side of the table stone and she had the the lantern on the stone and she was telling the story. And then as she's doing this, she stops. She just pauses and she has this look of like fear on her face. She, She stands back. She steps back, still pausing. Everybody in the group, I think there was like 10, 15 people are completely confused and freaked out. And then she shakes her head, she steps forward, she continues on as if nothing happened, and then she stops again. So she stops the second time, uh, steps back, steps to the side, and just slowly walks towards the fence outside of the family plot, stands on the outside of the fence, and then talks loudly (laughs) so the group on the inside can still hear it. Now, just imagine being in that group. You're completely confused, and you're like, what the heck is going on right now like why is she standing is there something i need to be worried about but they're just they they just listen to the story and eventually they join her and then she tells them what had happened to her so what happened she felt something on her legs so how she described it to me was she's standing at the stone and the stone is like lengthwise in front of her so she's at the head of it so think of like a single bed it's kind of like she's standing on the end of the bed behind where the headboard would be. And as she's standing there, she said she felt something on her legs and she described it as such. It was almost like there was arms wrapping around my legs. So almost like there was somebody lying on their stomach underneath the the headstone and that they were hugging her legs. So the first time that it happened, she stepped back, she paused, And then she's like, okay, she came to it. She steps forward and she's like, okay, maybe I just imagined what happened. And she continues on with the story. And she said the exact same thing happened the second time. So it's almost like these arms slowly wrapped around her her calves. Uh, 
and the second time was too much. Now, I'll leave it to her. Give it to her that she didn't start screaming because that group would have been freaked out. And who knows, somebody could have hurt themselves running out of the cemetery thinking something terrible is about to occur. You know, she kept her composure and she actually continued on the story without saying anything. That's the best part of this, that she was like, you know, brave enough to do that. And I, I really appreciate that she did that. But that energy, whatever she had the experience with, that feeling around her legs, like I can't even fathom what it comes from. If I were to guess, it would have to be related to Sally Ann. You know, it's a hugging motion. It wasn't violent in any way. My 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 hope is that it was almost like she was welcoming us, uh, us into the family plot. And that, you know, if we're welcomed in there to tell the stories, then that makes me feel better about it. But who knows? I mean, it's just a, a general energetic experience that was well worth talking about. Anyway, that's this uh, burial ground slash cemetery related show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And as I always say, please, 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 you'll help me out so much. Just take a moment, review the show. Uh, let people know how you think of it. More reviews, the more it gets out. And then I'm, I become a very happy person and I, I, and I can sleep at night. I don't stay up all night worrying about the, the numbers of my podcast. <laughs> like, I don't have nightmares of, you know, t- talking and, and no one's listening. Just there's just empty iPods on the other end that, you know, no, I know I'm dating myself by saying iPod, but empty, empty smartphones just left in a room. My voice currently echoing. Nobody cares. You know, I don't I don't want to live my life like that. So if you go if you go leave a review, you're helping my sanity, and I, I won't I won't ever have to be committed. I can <laughs> I can continue to live my life as a free man because you left a review. So please please help save me save me everyone. <laughs> Sorry, it's just one of those days. Anyway, I appreciate every single one of you. I'll talk to you next week.